the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Sideline Sanity with me, Michelle Tafoya, sponsored by Legacy Precious Metals. There has never been a better time to invest in precious metals. Go to LegacyPMInvestments.com. LegacyPMInvestments.com. Coming up, I am a victim. No. How about I am a victor? It's a new film. You'll want to hear about it with Kendall Qualls. For nearly three decades, she's reported the action from the sidelines. She started very young. She's covered the NBA, NFL, Olympics, and the college football and basketball national championships. And now, during these insane times in our world, Michelle Tafoya thinks we need a serious dose of sanity. This is Sideline Sanity with your host, one of the sanest people on planet Earth, Michelle Tafoya. Well, it is a joy for me to welcome Kendall Qualls to the podcast. Kendall, you and I worked together trying to get you the nomination for governor of the state of Minnesota on the Republican side. And I saw an ugly side of politics I didn't expect to see and I hope I never see again. But the good news is you are back in a position where Take Charge Minnesota, Take Charge, uh, is benefiting from your presence. Let this audience understand what Take Charge is. Oh, absolutely, Michelle. And thank you again for having me on. It was a great road that we were on together. Um, but hey, for, there's things happen for a different reason. But here's yeah. the scenario on Take Charge. It's the idea that the promise of America works for everyone, regardless of race, regardless of social standing. That's it. And what we're trying to do is show Americans, everyone, including uh, black Americans, that that promise does work. And there's a formula that can help you be successful. And unfortunately, we don't talk about the formula to get there and the, and the underlying problems we're facing in our country. Yeah, we tend to talk about victimization and that leads us to this film that you guys have just released from Take Charge. It's, it, it starts out looking like I am a victim and then the word victim is crossed out and replaced by victor. I am a victor. And uh, before we get much further, one of the things I want to do is play a clip from this because you had a variety of voices here talking about their experiences and how they view this issue of being black in America. And I want to play this first one. It, it has to do with things that went on after the George Floyd murder in Minneapolis. Um, so let's play this first clip to give people a taste of what this film is all about. And my producer, John Bergel, roll it. When people were rioting and looting in Minneapolis after George Floyd, the news literally said the people are grieving and this is how they grieve. Like we're wild animals as black people. We can't control ourselves. And to me, it is very, it's very insulting. Any other race who does something wrong, they are accountable for their actions. You shouldn't have done that. You know better. You're smarter than that. You have values and morals that teach you not 
to do that. And you can do different, but not with us. It's like we, it's like involuntary actions that we do. Like we're babies, toddlers, livestock. Like we have no control over ourselves and that we're these victims. And that bothers me because it makes me truly wonder if the people saying these things think that we are equal. They obviously have lesser standards for us, lesser expectations. And I don't know if they do think we're equal. I think it, it could be racist. I thought what she said there, Kendall, was so powerful and a, a, a perspective we don't hear enough. Tell us about this woman and what you think her broader message is there. Well, and this is the very reason why I started Take Charge over near, nearly two years ago. So all the people in the cast, all the people in this film, I never met. I don't have any relationships with. They've heard about what we were doing with Take Charge. The, the mission statement, and slowly over time, they become the, the you know, full-time volunteers. None of these people are being compensated. They want to be a part of this movement. And so coffee, all and all of us come from a tremendous, tremendous trauma in our background. We've had to overcome adversity, poverty, and coffee is no different. So the person that you would speak, her name is Coffee. She's an attorney, uh, you know, horrific background herself. But, you know, at the end of the day, she was she was able to become successful by following the formula that we all follow. Right. You have good education and all those those type of things. And I understand not all of us can do that, but there's plenty of people trying to help. What she's saying is this. Don't try to break down the system. Because, you know, they're saying that it, it is wrong and that it's, it works. Don't break it down. The problem is we need to hold people to a standard of expectations. And right now, our, our world is being turned upside down. There's people saying, "Well, um, this, the whole criminal justice system is um, is, is is fraudulent. It's uh, it's illegitimate because of these issues." Well, no, that's not the case. You you, you can't take a one percent or even less than one percent of activity from individuals and then condemn the whole ninety nine percent of an organization. And that's what she's trying to say. And we have we have many voices that are coming forward every month. If they're encouraged because there's only they've never had a voice. They've never had a platform to convey the, the her sentiments that she just said what she just conveyed. Well, I loved what she said about expectations and standards and that she seems to believe that that black people in this country are being held to different standards, that they are forgiven for things simply by the immutable characteristic that their skin color is different. And we're seeing this in other areas. We're seeing people calling math racist. Math. That's two right. plus two is four, no matter what you look like. I'm sorry. And and to suggest that we need to lower standards for everyone, I, I, I find that insulting. And I'm sure you do as well. Oh, absolutely. Here's here's something that's happened happening. And, and again, another reason why we started Take Charge. For 50 years, the black community has been used for a political agenda. And, and this whole this new push of lowering standards in, in, in uh, academic centers and and even you know opera centers and for performers and all of that is is trying to start a new narrative or a new norm at the expense of excellence. So what she's saying and what we're all saying is, look, keep the standard there. Help us get to the standard if we need that help. Um, Oftentimes, we're not spending the time, our kids are not spending the time they need in the study or academics and all that. 
many of times because their home life is in trauma to, to do that. And those are the things we need to fix. So what we're doing at Take Charge, how do we focus on the underlying causes of the problem? There's tons of nonprofits that deal with the symptoms. It's finally time to start dealing with big elephant in the room is the underlying cause that's causing these issues. And we, for whatever reason, we have progressives. Progressive left may be well-meaning that, that they want to you know, just turn up the entire system, turn it over to fix an issue that's a symptom, not a problem. And so it's a symptom. So what is the elephant in the room and what do you think the, the largest problem is, Kendall? Yeah, I talk about this in the film. You know, uh, in my lifetime, we've gone from 80% two-parent families in the black community to 80% fatherless homes. That is the number one driver of disparities across our country. Academic disparities, financial disparities, everything. I came from Harlem, New York in the late 1960s. I've lived in a trailer park. I've eaten government cheese and powdered eggs. But by the grace of God and, and, and this country and the people of this country, I was able to go to school and have a successful career in a Fortune 100 company. And I'm very thankful for, for, and not just my scenario. I mean, this has happened for millions of other black Americans have come from, 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 from modest means, but also everyday average Americans the same way that my story is so similar to many others outside of our race. And there's a political agenda to undermine, I think the very foundation of our country to turn it into something was never intended to be. And they're using the racial disparities to do that. Why do you, what is the motivation behind that? Do you think, why do people want to change what has been the greatest experiment in a citizen run government? What, what would ben, what benefit would come of changing that? Well, that you just said it, it's a citizen run government, citizen run country, not an elitist run country. And they want to turn it into elitist run country. So let me just give an example. When, again, when I was a kid in Harlem, Charlie Rangel was the congressional representative from Harlem. He was there 47 years. Perpetual poverty, I mean, multiple welfare. Gen- America was not set up to be a multiple welfare generational uh, society. Right. They do that for permanent power. So you ask your question, what's the motivation? Permanent power. Um, Maxine Waters lives in a $6 million mansion outside of her district. And she represents the poorest district in California. That, those two don't equate. You yeah. know, when if you're a leader, you have responsibilities for positive outcomes. If you don't have positive outcomes, you're replaced. It's, it's, it's very frustrating. But what's beautiful is to watch this film, and people should watch it. You can see it on Salem. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, 
social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. Now it's, um, it's less than an hour, and it's some of the most worthwhile stuff you're ever going to see in here. I want to play one more clip here before we go to break, Kendall. And this one comes from you. It, it, it talks about some demographic facts. So let's play that second, second shot, uh, John. We're the only demographic where homicide is the cause of death for pediatric population from ages 1 to 19. That's black-on-black crime. That's not police officers shooting black kids. Black Americans are number one, and it relates to diabetes, number one in hypertension, number one in obesity. Even though we're 12% of the population, we're number one in new cases of sexually transmitted diseases. We're number one in new cases of HIV, even though we're 12% of the population. Those are symptoms of a larger problem, but the culture addresses these things in siloed operation. Addressing this thing with a government program for each one of these individually, ignoring that the real problem is the fatherless home. And these issues are are really symptoms of that problem. Symptoms of a larger problem. You get back to that theme and the larger problem is just this overlying narrative that that people can't overcome. Is that what you're getting at when you talk about this symptoms of a larger problem? No, what what it is is when when children grow up in fatherless homes, it is a cycle of trauma. And th- there's there's no normative. It's, it's tough to have a normative life. So I want people to think, now I'm not talking about divorces. I'm talking about something that, that Martin Luther King and, and the rest of the civil rights, they're rolling in their graves right now, this concept of a baby daddy. Because even in the civil rights movement, people, the kids had fathers. So mothers and fathers, the guess what? The nuclear family actually works. And so what we have in, in a lot of these cases, and, and I've been my entire life been in healthcare, so everything I look at the data. When you peel back the onion of the data and you look at black families, two-parent black families, they don't have that kind of trauma. They don't have those statistics. You don't see high levels of obesity, hypertension, and um, low academic performance. In fact, it's, it's in the same distribution curve as the normal population. But we never see the data split out that way. Yeah. And yeah. no one wants to address this fatherless. It's, it's, what's, what's tragic about this, Michelle, is that we've never used to live this way. And even in leaders in the black community, they've never been a trend or, or a promotion to reverse the trend. Until now, we're going to start it here at Take Charge. Well, and you you are starting it, and there's a good story about that. One of the women who has joined your effort and is featured in the documentary made a big life change, and we're going to tell you what that was after this break. I'm not a great cook, but I do like to cook fresh food for my family, and it's so nice to be able to reach into the freezer and grab an individual packet of steak, burger, chicken, seafood. And I get mine from Good Ranchers, goodranchers.com. And the reason I do that is because they deliver a 100% American meat experience to my door. They guarantee the meat is born, raised, and harvested 
right here in the United States. So you know what you're getting, you know who you're supporting. I mean, if you are already buying meat, why not buy it in a way that strengthens the American farm? Supporting American causes feels really good and it tastes really good too with Good Ranchers. And now I want to tell you that you've got an opportunity to save some money because Good Ranchers is a company that supports American agriculture and business. They support us too, and we appreciate that. So check them out. Go to GoodRanchers.com. Use my code TAFOYA, T-A-F-O-Y-A, to get $30 off your order. That is a big savings. Plus, they'll give you express shipping for free. $30 off plus free express shipping. Take advantage of this offer before it's gone. Go to GoodRanchers.com slash TAFOYA to start bringing your family and loved ones to the table and you know what? When you're at the dinner table, you can you can start solving the world's problems, certainly solving America's problems and helping our farms and our ranchers with good ranchers. We're surrounded by so much negativity. You know, you turn on the news and everything is about race and racism and you know, how if if I'm black, I'm a victim. You know, even my even my children noticed that. My son said that to me last year after the George Floyd incident. He's like, why is it every time we turn on the news, it's always about black people? You've got people who have more money than the average American of any color, who have wonderful lives, who are on TV telling Americans, and in particular black Americans, you're oppressed, you're a victim, you're being held on by the system. Those are two remarkable women and what they say is so powerful that you've got really wealthy black people on TV telling other black people you are oppressed. I, 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 I found that particular segment really impactful. Now, the first woman we saw there is someone I referenced before the commercial break, Kendall. She made a big life change here in the last couple of weeks because of the influence she got from you and your wife and take charge. Why don't you go ahead and finish that story for me? Oh, absolutely. It's a delight, actually. You know, her and her husband uh, got married. Their husband, uh, they got married last weekend. Now, keep in mind that she's been with her her husband, her, her partner for over a decade. But because of her upbringing and the trauma she, she felt in her life and saw the wreck of damage of divorce and, and abuse, she didn't feel marriage was, you know, something that she needed to aspire to and didn't have any high regard at all uh, until she got involved with us. And her and her husband, they have kids together. Um, they got married uh, just past this weekend because she wanted to be an example for other young women to, uh, to really put forth the, the best case scenario for their future in a relationship with, with, with men in their lives. She said, if I'm going to go and talk to young women about this, then I better be an example of what I'm talking about. And so, yes, they got married after all that time. And it's it's a beautiful thing. So um, it's just a lovely, heartwarming story. Uh what impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. 
Discover how at museumofthebible.org slash impact. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org slash impact. John Berg, my producer, we're going to go to cut number four. Uh, it, it About the divisiveness that people are feeling, not only in the black community, but I, I, this, what this woman said resonated with me too. Let's go ahead and roll sot number four. Why are we constantly trying to divide ourselves? Why are we trying to put ourselves into boxes? We have to stop that. We have to recognize that people are, are individuals and we've all got our own desires and talents and abilities and let people be free to, to do that because that's what this country is about. You know, if I want to make a million dollars and you don't, so be it. But you don't get to be mad at me because that's something that I chose to do. Kendall, she's talking there about agency, about making her own decisions for herself and that that should not be anybody else's problem, right? I mean, it just, it, it, this is a country where freedom and the formula you talk about doing things the right way have given LeBron James and Oprah Winfrey and the Obamas and so many others. I would include you in that, in that right. group. I, I don't think you're quite as fabulously wealthy as LeBron, but you get the idea. Yes. You've been able to overcome circumstances because this country gives you permission to do that. Absolutely. But you, you know, here's something that people don't understand. So at the time of Martin Luther King's death, there were two different camps. One one that is is we all we all adopted a social contract of judge me by the content of my character, not the color of my skin. Well, there was another group out there that said, look, um, I'm part of this Afrocentric group, so I, I'm black first. And you, you, But they didn't have a, their platform wasn't as high, obviously, because of the death of Martin Luther King. Well, this whole movement that we, we hear about these affinity groups is really putting people in boxes. Yeah. That's, how they, that's how they're pressuring all of us in all society to put people in the box to either your this label is an LBGTQ or you're, you're black or you're, well, I don't know, BIPOC or whatever, all of these different things. That's an agenda that's counter to what we all accepted and grew up with. And they're trying to force it down our throats. And our platform is, no, no. and the, the formula works. The reason why we have so much disparity and hardship and everything else in our, in our, all across our country, especially here in Minnesota and in Minneapolis, is because we went off the rails 50 years ago and they never wanted to try to get it back on because there's there's power in representing these people that can't you know fend for themselves if they were to fend for themselves and we get them up and running then their their agency would be taken away from them their their sense of purpose and leadership and uh, this idea of of getting back to individualism getting back to merit hard work and obviously helping those that can't help themselves. All that works, and that agenda is under attack. 
I want to roll this next soundbite, and I'm just going in order here, John Berg, my producer. So it, it, this is, uh, I think this is number five, but um, this gentleman reminds us that we think times are really bad right now, like life is really rough, but that we don't have a sense of history about stuff. So if we could roll that soundbite, John, go ahead. And if you think times are bad today, what was it, about 750,000 Americans were killed in um, the Civil War, about 20 million in World War I. There was the Dust Bowl, the Great Depression. There are always challenges, but to say that things today are worse, you know, race relations are worse, uh, you know, that things are bad, come on. Come on, you know. that's not true. So go out there and and, uh, be positive, be respectful. More so than anything else, look in the mirror and be proud of the person that you see there. As you've come along and met with all these people, I mean, some of this is so refreshing to me because it's, it's not what we get in the mainstream media, to use that term. His message is beautiful. You know, look at yourself in the mirror and be proud. And maybe if you're not proud yet, find a way to get yourself there. What kind of resistance does that message get in your experience with some in the black community that they 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 can't see this? Well, you know, what happens is silence. It's silence because what they hear in this in, in these stories, they can't counter and in fact, what some of the guys that are in um, and they're in the film. In fact, I had breakfast with one of the guys. His name was Eric Hines. He's from Chicago. His, fam- his family saw the video. They're, his family are all Democrats, but they thought it was wonderful. They thought it was a wonderful message, one that we need to hear more often. But unfortunately, again, the rat is the radicals on the far le- far left that are pushing us to a direction that's that's not harmonious with who we are as a country and as a people. I think the vast majority of people in the middle, even in the black community, would agree with this 100%. Who wouldn't agree with, we need to restore families and that women shouldn't raise children alone? Um, they don't want this message to get out. They don't want this film to get out. Um, you know, and, and this is a little bit off subject, but not. I, if you remember the, the video that went out with this young little toddler, three-year-old that was kicking and screaming and cussing out police officers. Yes, saw that. And so we we did a story on it. Sheila, my wife did a story on it, and it went out. Not one Minnesota, what? Not one Minneapolis major network picked that up at all. It went. It went international. That story went international. Not one story. Same thing with this message, because it's not consistent with the narrative that we hear in schools or in, in, in at, at the college level or in in, a, in, a, in legacy media. That, that is shameful, given that it happened in St. Paul, Minnesota, in the St. Paul area. Um, we're going to take one last break and then come back with Kendall Qualls in this wonderful film, I Am a Victor, right after this. Well, we can't say it enough, right? Since November of last year, the stock market has gone kaput, but gold has been on the rise. Now, gas prices are, they make you want to pull your hair out. The stock market's all over the map. Inflation is the worst it's been in 40 years. 
We've got a war going on between Russia and Ukraine. And the bottom line is the markets don't like instability. But there's good news. You have options. You want to hear about them? Gold prices are rising as investors turn to gold for protection because gold provides a hedge against inflation and protects against a weakening dollar. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org slash impact. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org slash impact. Legacy Precious Metals is the only company I trust when it comes to investing in gold and silver because you need an investment that's going to protect your wealth and your retirement. Call Legacy Precious Metals. Do it today. Be proactive while there's still time. Remember that good old year of 2008? Those who invested in gold saw huge gains while others lost their retirements. Legacy Precious Metals can advise you on all of your options for investing in gold and silver. You can speak to an IRA expert at Legacy Precious Metals at 866-528-1903, 866-528-1903, or download their free investor's guide at LegacyPMInvestments.com, LegacyPMInvestments.com. Clarence Thomas made a comment about no one can take your dignity away from you. Apparently in social media, that blew up. And, and, and how wrong Clarence Thomas was. Without ever stopping to think of what he, Thomas was saying, which is, you own your dignity. You know, this is a message, Kendall, that I try to express again and again and again. You own your own dignity. And I think people lashed out at Clarence Thomas because they thought, no, we've been made undignified. But the concept really, it's almost a stoic concept. It's, it's that, that same concept of I'm a prisoner of war. Think about John McCain, prisoner of war, white man. He maintained his sense of self. That's what, that's how he survived. Yes. He maintained his sense of dignity, his sense of power over his mind, I think is what we're getting at there. Am, am I wrong? No, you're absolutely right. And you know what? One of the things I, I still respect John McCain for what he did because he had an opportunity. They weren't going to send him home early because of his, his, his father's status and who he was. He chose to stay yeah. and still, and still be tortured. But here's the thing for me, you know, I, I'm, I tell people it's funny. I, I'm a nobody. Um, I, I, how how I started in, in my life, and but what really makes it makes me someone is that we have an opportunity in this country because the country is exceptional. And you know my faith. I, you know, I serve an exceptional God, and um, I, I I want all of us to do well. 
we sh- we shouldn't be living like this today. And, um, and and the and the biggest part of this is how we conduct ourselves. You know, my my mother didn't finish high school, um, but she had high expectations for us. It was ne- it was just because we lived in poverty it didn't mean it was okay to steal. That it was it was okay not to do your homework. She had high expectations for us, and to, to carry us carry ourselves with dignity, respect, and all that. I mean, we our clothes were. Um, we're expected. We didn't have the nicest of things, but they they were clean. And how we carried ourselves, we've lost a sense of that character component to us that we need to restore. And again, this is what Take Charge is about. And uh, your viewers, if they want to find out more, is at takechargemn.com. Takechargemn.com. Before we go, you know, it's worth remembering we 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 heard a soundbite earlier about the civil war and people fighting against one another over slavery. There's also the civil rights movement and my producer, John Berg, if you'll play the last soundbite, uh, this comes early in the film and it makes an incredibly interesting argument. Let's hear it and we'll get your comment on the other side. Go ahead, John. So you have the 1964 civil rights act, which seems like victory. But right on the heels of that comes LBJ's Great Society. Now, LBJ is lifted up as a friend and hero to black America because he was president when the civil rights legislation was enacted. People have conveniently forgotten that the man was a Dixiecrat, um, which means Southern Democrat. He was a segregationist. And I don't know if he did this next piece on purpose, but the impact of it certainly would be a racist dream. He passes the Great Society, which is legislation which was supposed to end poverty. Um, But one of the things that that legislation did was uh, welfare reform. And he put in place a welfare system where women could only get welfare if there were no men in the home. One of the things that struck me about that clip, Kendall, is her facial reaction in the middle of it. She's scoffing at what this welfare society led to. Why was that such an important part of this film? Well, from a historic standpoint, I'm going to put it in this perspective. Up until that point, the federal government never got involved in that type of home life legislation. But this was the first time in American history that the federal government financially incentivized women to have children outside of marriage. And a variation of that program exists to this very day. And that's why that has led to, and and the other part of this is that those programs were heavily marketed, like marketed, from uh, academic, from elite academic centers, almost like critical race theory today, um, sponsored by these uh, academic centers, but they were marketed in high density black communities across the country. And so you saw a catalyst of those programs um, being uh, enrollment in late 60s, early 70s. And um, this has led to where we are today, where from 80% fatherless homes to 80, 90% fatherless homes in every major city in the country. Uh, her face says it all. 
and her reaction says it all. And she speaks about it so well. Everyone in the film is remarkable and very interesting to listen to. And I can't recommend this highly enough. I think people show, should show it to their kids. <laughs> kids of all colors need to see this and reflect on it and f- discover what it means in their own lives. Uh, it's uh, it's powerful stuff, Kendall, and I congratulate you on it. Well, thank you. Thank you. I'm so proud of the people that, are, that were part of it, Michelle. And I just want to let people know that half the group, if not many of them, are, are, are Democrats. So this is not a political right, left-leaning. It's a cultural right. film. What right. happened, What's going on in our culture today and society today, less to do with politics. So I'd encourage people to stretch uh, beyond their their comfort zone, and uh, maybe you know schedule do a house viewing party together with uh, yeah. family and friends. Yeah, takechargemn.com, and you can find the film again. It's called "I Am a Victor." Just Google it; you'll be able to find it. I hope. I hope like there's not some sort of shadow banning going on, Kendall. It wouldn't surprise me, but uh, anyway, people can find it, Kendall. Yes. Congratulations Thank on you. this. It's it's really good work. It's so important. And I appreciate you sharing it with us. Thank you so much. Absolutely, Michelle. Good to see you. Thanks, thanks a lot. All the best. This has been Sideline Sanity. Be brave, do good, and check out I Am a Victor. Well, we always appreciate it when Charles Thorngren can join the Join the podcast and talk a little money and gold in particular with us. Gold and silver. And Charles, it's these are mad times. I mean, it's just really wacky. And anyone who's watching the stock market is probably asking themselves, what do I do? I don't, I don't know, you know, I'm not, I don't know how to ride this roller coaster with everyone. And so obviously you recommend investing in precious metals. What's the first step that someone should take in learning about what precious metals can do for them? You know, the, the first step, um, give us a call, right? We're, we're going to show you what options there are available. Um, that's what Legacy is about, is showing you options and educating everyone. The important thing to know is that we don't invest in gold and silver because it's pretty or because it's, it's unique. Those things are true, but we do it because it has the history of being the true diversity for someone's portfolio. It's the insurance policy against everyone's retirement and their uh, their savings. So, so this is why we look at, at gold and silver specifically. It's the currency that was always meant to be, right? It's not a fiat currency. There's no um, inflationary effect on it. Gold and silver are going to be worth what they're worth. The thing that changes with everything is the amount of dollars it takes to buy that gold and silver and the amount of dollars you get for owning that gold and silver. That's the big key. And this is what people don't understand about it typically is that it is not the stock market and it is not the dollar. It's an investment that is counter to both of those. So it gives you true diversity and balance is what everyone's looking for right now. They just don't know it as inflation gets higher this is where gold and silver come in. Someone is saying, okay, I want to do this, but I want to choose one or the other. When they call you and ask you these questions, when would you recommend gold and when would you recommend silver? 
You know, that's a great question. What a lot of people wind up doing is actually doing a little of both because that's possible, right? But it's going to depend on your specific investment parameters. And that's one of the things we're going to do that we're, we're different from your typical stockbroker because we're not going to say, this is what all my customers are doing. Because that's not what's important. What's important is what matters to you and your portfolio. When is your retirement coming up? What are you looking to accomplish, right? What are your risks? What are, what, are your, what are your safety features that you need? So there's a lot that goes into it. And what we do here is talk with you, right? Our, our big thing is to educate you so that you understand why you're doing it as well as in what form and fashion. Because that's important. It is important. And I think, too, that people probably think uh, I'm a small investor. This is not for me. I can't I can't afford to do this. I can't afford to do this at a level that will benefit me to them. You would say what? Um, I don't think you can afford not to. If you have money saved and you're not flush with cash, it's more important than ever for you to make sure that you put yourself in a protective situation. Right. You have less to lose. So you should not lose it. It's, it's really, you know, it's, it's not about how much money you have or don't have. It's about how much protection you need. And if you don't have a, a very large portfolio, then you probably need it more than the guy who does because you can't afford that loss. And look at what the market's done over the course of the year. We are talking about a situation where the loss is extravagant and it's not done yet. This is why we look at uh, precious metals to counter that. And lastly, Charles, for those who fear that a recession may already be here or is coming, what do you tell them about how in a recession this investment helps out? Great question. A couple answers there. We are in a recession, um, but the reality is it's not going to get bad for a few more months. Then it's really going to be bad. What we see happen next year is going to be devastating. Just think 2007, 2008, right? The troubles with 2008 happened in 2007. It just took time for it to hit the market in a real sense. And this is what we see. You know, we have inflationary numbers that rival the 80s. Um, That's something that's going to be dramatic. So, when we look at this, we say, why do we want to do it? And that's exactly why it helps because it's not the dollar and it's not the stock market, right? This is the safe haven investment. And if you look at long-term wisdom, that's what metals do. They give you a place to store your wealth without the effects of inflation, right? Inflation is good for your metals. The stock market correcting is good for your metals, a weak economy is better for your metals. So that's what it's meant to do. And that's why it has its place in the economy. We're talking about a worst case scenario right now, but even under the best of terms, the government tells you two to 3% inflation is a good thing. And at two or 3%, it doesn't sound bad, right? But over the course of your retirement and your lifetime investing, if you go 40 years, you've lost over 120% of value of your dollar by not having metals. So even in the best of times, there should be some in your portfolio. And during the worst, you really want to make sure you get a hold of somebody who can explain why and show you what options you have. Yeah, that's why we love to recommend Legacy Precious Metals on our show, Sideline Sanity. 
So the website is LegacyPMInvestments.com, LegacyPMInvestments.com. You can also go to the website and find the phone number to call, learn a whole lot more. It's just worth asking some questions, right? A quick phone call and getting more information about everyone's specific situation. Absolutely. We're a no-pressure organization. Everyone who contacts us, they reach out to us. We share information. If it's right for you, great. If it's not, that's great too. Learning something never hurt anybody. No, that is true. And we're (laughs) glad we had you on to learn something from you today, Charles Thorngren. Again, it's LegacyPMInvestments.com. Please go check them out. Just ask some questions. Learn a little something. Thank you so much, Charles. My pleasure. Thank you. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 